Hi, thanks again for tuning into this podcast, Asking for a Friend. My name's Ben, and today we are continuing our conversation about racism. We're in a three-part series. This is episode two. Now, we acknowledge that this is a divisive issue in both the church and our world, and we don't have all the answers. And we understand that there are many views on this topic. We've invited Jessica, Lola, and Chassie, three of our black and brown members, to share their personal experience and give us insight into how they view this topic. These views are not necessarily representative of all of Life Church or its leadership, but we believe it's important for all of us to grapple with the complexities of this issue. Last episode, we asked Chastity, Jessica, and Lola about their experience in the overall church, and today we will cover why they think the phrase, I don't see color, is offensive. This is a three-part series, and this is part two. So let's get into the episode. Here's Josh, Chastity, Lola, and Jessica. All right, welcome to another episode of Asking for a Friend. My name is Josh, uh, and today I have again with me Chastity, Jessica, and Dr. Lola. We are in the middle of a three-part series. Um, Last week we talked about um, uh, your guys' stories of what it feels like uh, being black in the church. Mm. Um, And this week we are going to tackle this question. Why is the phrase, I don't see color, offensive? So I can can start. Um, I feel like the statement, the phrase, I don't see color, usually comes up when um, white a white person or white people are confronted with the issue of racism. Yes. And so it's like to prove that, you know, I am not racist or I am not prejudiced or, you know, I'm not a bad person. Mm-hmm. I'm a good, decent human being. I don't see color. And because I don't see color, I can't be racist. And so we're all good. Um and I, I personally um, think that that is offensive and I'm going to get a little bit specific and kind of deal with the form that pops up in Christian circles. Um, and I think you know that scripture because I can't remember it, the one in Galatians where it's like there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. And, you know, so, so not, you know, white Christians won't necessarily say I don't see color, though that's basically mm-hmm what they would say through that scripture out and be like, well, you know, we, we shouldn't be talking about race or we shouldn't be talking about racism because guess what? We're all one now. Um, and that that's makes cute. no sense to me because um, that is not true. Um, I feel like I, you know, I was born and raised in Nigeria. And so I grew up Nigerian. Um, it wasn't until I came to the United States that I identified myself as black. Um, and I feel like the difference with black immigrants and, 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 and descendants of slavery is that for me, I can trace my, you know, ancestors. I can trace my lineage back to a certain village in Nigeria, right? Whereas for them, they can't, mm. right? So I have that privilege and I acknowledge that privilege. Mm. Um, but what happens is that we are raised to see our uh, to see that as part of our, our identity. I'm Nigerian. I'm black, or you know, I'm from Peoria, Illinois. Like that's a big part of our identity, and it's not just a you know like oh I'm filling out a form and it asks me if I'm black or white or Caucasian. No, that's that's not it. It's deeply ingrained in the culture, and I feel like that's 
what is missed or misunderstood or not acknowledged when, you know, people throw out, oh, I don't see color or, you know, oh, we're all one and we shouldn't be having, you know, conversations about about race. Um, I think it also does a disservice to God uh, because he did not create one kind mm-hmm. of, of people, you know, it's like... We have different, you know, Revelation talks about different tribes and different tongues. And so we have different people groups in different cultures, right? Um, and it does a disservice to God to kind of just, you know, as a as a uh, easy way out, you know, uh, um, as a way to save yourself. To just be like, we're all one. Um, let's just see each other as one. And then, I just, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cop out. Um, and... Um, for me personally, um, what that boils down to is I am not, I, I am not worthy of your engagement. Like you are not willing Mm -hmm. to engage with me on this issue. Therefore you are going to take the easy way out and be like, I don't see Mm -hmm. color. Yeah. Mm Yeah. 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 I would agree. Like, it's it's definitely a cop-out, right? Yeah. It's initially, if I hear that, you're dismissing um, my very being because, I mean, we all live in this world. It's not black and white. It's not like 1930s TV show. You can see that I'm brown and I can see that you are, are white. Um, and so you're basically denying my existence um, and denying everything that um, I've experienced or people that look like me have experienced, which also, again, is a cop out because what it really feels like is that this person is um, trying to get out of a conversation that's going to make them feel bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They're trying to get out of a conversation that um, maybe in their mind, like they're like, I'm not racist. So that means um, if if I agree to go down this route, you're going to point out things that are going to make me see some flaws. Um, there's, um, during during 2020, um, my organization, we did a podcast listening to, I think it's called Seeing White People, mm-hmm. and um, just, just understanding how, how like, just un- going to this, just trying to get white people to understand that the, that, you can be a good person and racist is hard. I mean, it's a hard conversation for me as a black person, a uh, hard concept because that's what happens. People think it's the like you're being defensive because you think that I'm questioning how good natured you are. Mm-hmm. The Some of the nicest people in the world are also very racist. <laughs> and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um become being racist is now considered a slur word for some people um because no one wants to be that a slur word uh, is that oh slang well i wouldn't i would say a slur word because i mean it's not going to be as bad as some there, there's different levels to slur words mm. some um hit you harder than others but it, now if you call someone racist they they think that you are calling them Something it's derogatory. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it is something no one wants to be called. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same as a cuss word for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching something on TV, and I can't remember what it was, but they were talking about this colorblind um, idea, mm-hmm. and how for some people, um, 
they took the words of Dr. Martin Luther King when he said, judge people by the content of their character and not the mm-hmm. color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And then that equated colorblind. Yeah. Um, and I just don't understand how those two are connected because if you... To, to become colorblind, an individual, the entire society, for it to be effective, the, in, the entire society would have to act as if yeah. mm-hmm. colors didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And um, colors exist, and in some ways, your life is affected by your appearance, mm-hmm. right, in many aspects. Um, and so it's very cute for people to say that they are, but it's not true. Um, and I and I completely, like, I completely, what's the word? I completely disagree with the argument of people who do try to use the MLK mm. words and shape it um, for their for their own, you know, lack of ability to acknowledge issues, like yeah. Jessica said. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would say. Yeah. So how how can those of us get better? Um, who choose to, whether they say it or not, you know, I don't, I don't see color or the, or it's, or it's just in their heart, right? Like maybe their heart's right. Like they feel like, um, Hey, we're all one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how can, how can we get better? Um, just knowing the distinction now. Well, traditionally people say go find a black friend, but <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Uh, go out and seek human connection. Mm. And hopefully in this area, you'll find people of all backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Get to know someone genuinely and understand who they are, where they came from. Like maybe find out what the differences you all have and what similarities you have. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're going to go from a Christian perspective, I think... Think about what would Jesus do in this situation? Because um, from my opinion, it wouldn't be saying I am colorblind <laughs> and I have no desire to know anything about who you are. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I get tired of this we don't know argument. Mm. Um, and I say that because like if I don't know about sex trafficking, mm. I don't I don't know a lot about it. But I can research a legitimate NPR article like nobody's business. Mm. And I can read the stats in the state of Iowa that talk about how sex trafficking here has increased from 2020 to 2021. Mm -hmm. And, like, I can seek out stuff and I can learn about it. And so for people to say, I just don't know, you don't know because you don't want to know. It hasn't personally affected you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you dismiss it, right? Um, Especially mm-hmm. in Iowa City. I mean, there's really not an excuse in the corridor, Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area. Um, mm-hmm. It is diverse by Iowa standards. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're living outside of that area, maybe. Uh, that's why Google's your friend. But <laughs> uh, this is this is where we live. And it's only going to get um, the, the diversity, racial diversity is only going to grow uh, for years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I would say this, um, just plainly get uncomfortable. 
Yes. Um, get uncomfortable. All caps, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get uh, uncomfortable. Just do it. Because I feel like, you know, um, it is uncomfortable to step out of what you've always known, mm-hmm. um, how you've always done things and try to do it differently and, and try to uh, uh, see things differently and try to, you know, befriend someone who's... Um, completely different from you mm. and i think sometimes you know because it's uncomfortable people kind of like you know like shy away from it or or don't really um you know want to put in want to put in the work um but you know if if really um if 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 the the goal is is for us to change things then you know folks need to be willing to get uncomfortable and to get in situations where um it's just new when it's new and different and to be um okay with the the new and 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 the different you know uh, because that's the only way that um that's the only way that change happens. Um, and then the second thing I would say is give up control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I, I say that as a black woman, I say that as a Christian, and I say that as a non-American, as a migrant, is there is such a thing about being in control and wanting control and, and wanting to be the, 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 the loudest voice and the norm and just hard to, to actually be in the background and not be center stage. And, and I feel like, you know, as long as there's a, you know, like a, just a guard over wanting to be center stage and never, you know, being in the backstage, then they're not really seeing what's going on. And and if they're not seeing what's going on, then they can't be a part of the change. And so I think when they decenter themselves, then they can actually see, oh, wait. Yes. It's, it's, it was only great in my bubble, That's and good. it's not great outside. Yeah. yeah. I would like to add also, as we're saying all this, don't make this a project. Because <laughs> it, it's really easy to do that when you're like, especially Listen. if you're coming from a good heart, a good space mm-hmm. of mind that you you want to do this. But mm-hmm. for you, that means you're um, checking off lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just remember the humanity. How did you make your friend when you were five years old? How right. did you make a new friend when you're 27? Um approach it like you would in any other situation. Mm. Um, also, um, I do know that, like at least in my experience, my friends, my white friends, that th- they want to do something like this. They're so afraid of doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's a very real thing that, I mean, we recognize, but like as a black woman, I I, I have to deal with that every single day. Listen. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's it's just not fun, but you still do it and and you still go out there and you put yourself in that situation because you want to experience something new. Yeah. Um, now, I do. I think I mean, what do you all think that a lot of this is because it's not just a it's, it's a different kind of fear. Mm-hmm. Their fear is t- tied to their morality. Mm-hmm. They feel like if they mess up, it means they're a bad person. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say I, I'm not going to think you're a bad person if you're trying genuinely, but yeah. you might have to have a conversation. Um, and if you are that genuine good person, mm-hmm. that conversation can be a conversation yeah. where 
we can both work towards yeah. being better. Yeah. yeah, I don't think ignorance is not a thing of morality. Right. I am ignorant about a bunch of things, right. but I don't think I'm a bad person. Like, I know to a certain extent facts mm-hmm. about human trafficking, but I don't know all the facts. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that I'm, like, not against it and therefore a bad mm-hmm. person. And I feel like there needs to be an embracing of like, in order for you to know and grow, you have to accept the fact that you are ignorant. And mm-hmm. that is going to come out and that is going to show sometimes. But ignorance is not equal, like, immoral. You know, like, you're not, you don't have great morals or you're not, you're not a good person. Um, and so it's like, again, just being okay mm-hmm. with getting it wrong. Again, I feel like it's the control thing that kind of plays mm-hmm. into perfectionism. And so it's like... You know, if I'm in the spotlight, I can't mess up, you know. So when you decenter yourself, then you realize I can actually mess up, you know. And then you allow yourself to actually go through the process of learning, which involves realizing, wow, I did not, I did not know that. Oh, wait, I had some really, really ignorant thoughts, you know. Mm -hmm. I know when we, when the four of us first got together via Zoom to talk through, like, what we want to accomplish here, after that call... Uh, I was just like dinking around in the kitchen. Um, and then Courtney finally said, after minutes go by, Josh, are you okay? And uh, I said, maybe I just feel really heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, well, why? And I said, I think I'm racist. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> question mark. Yeah. Well, um, she was able to, to, maybe articulate what was going on in my heart a little better. Yeah. And, and, but, but what that phone call did was it highlighted my privilege. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the goal um, for this series is to highlight our privilege um, and to burst our bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it was refining for me to... Maybe that was me decentering myself mm. to maybe start the conversation. Yeah. But it hurt a little bit mm-hmm. um, for several reasons. And so I think it just goes to show that, but man, I am, I feel so privileged to like learn mm. and to hold your guys' stories and experiences. And so I feel like it is so well worth it for anyone to like decenter, um, get uncomfortable. And care. Well, um, thank you so much for uh, sharing your experiences and your stories with us. Um, And that concludes this episode of Asking for a Friend. This is part two, so be looking for part three coming out soon. Uh, And we'll see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in today as we discuss with Chastity, Lola, and Jessica as they explained why I don't see color is offensive to them. We have resources down below that expand on this topic of just racism from our guests. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, we encourage you to do so. We're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. We're always looking to engage with new questions. So if you have one, submit one below by following the link. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of Asking for a Friend. We'll see you next time.